Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hey everyone, Matt Wakeling here. You're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. This is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, my hometown. I've been doing it since 2016 and I get to speak to heaps of great guitar players and guitar people like luthiers, producers, documentary makers, authors, that kind of thing. Having a good time doing it. Thanks so much for joining me on episode number 199. Today I'm talking to a fellow Sydney cider, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist and killer guitar player, David Aegis. That wailing guitar you are hearing is David playing on the track Sweet Smell of Rain, and it's from his debut EP, Journey Without Destination, which is wall-to-wall with awesome guitar playing. Beautiful stuff like we're hearing now. Uh, Definitely some stuff from the Hendrix family tree, to coin a phrase from Philip Sace, one one of David's influences as well. All right, let's jump straight into our interview. David Ages, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Matt, thank you very much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's great to have you on, man. It's been a while coming. We've we've known each other for a while, and uh, uh, you've been talking about re- releasing some of your own music for a while. So uh, I remember when I first heard about that, we we messaged each other, and I said, "Man, let me know when you're ready, when you got a record, and we'll." We'll talk about it on the show. So I'm super excited that, um, I mean, firstly that the EP is out because I'm I'm loving it so much. And uh, and thanks for coming on. That's that's really cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thank you, man. No, thank you for having me. It has been a while. We actually met. Was it like four or five years ago? Um, was it on the music pages on Facebook, trading a pedal or yeah. something like that? That's how we met. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, what a cool way to meet someone. It was a pedal board. I was, I was getting rid of a big yeah. pedal board. You had a smaller one and yeah. um, 
I've yeah. I've been gigging with that board ever since. So thanks. It worked out really great. Oh, awesome. Oh, awesome. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's cool. I'm actually looking at that case right now. It's sitting right in front of me. So. Happy memory. So I opened uh-huh. up. I go, oh, yeah, Dave, man, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was funny because yeah. we met and you said, do you do a podcast? And I said, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like- I think you were the first person who ever said that. And, you know, years later, probably um, three people have said that. Are you, the, are you that guy? So Wow. So you wow. were the first one. So thank I'm, you. I'm not numero uno. Yeah. That's it. 100%. I'm, I'm always onto that stuff. Like for years I've always been – um, searching for anything I can find on the internet that is guitar related, and yeah, I don't know, can't remember how I found you, but I did. Yeah, so I'm, I'm bloody grateful that I did too. So nice, win win. That's cool. Hey, tell me yeah. about tell me about the EP. So Journey Without Destination. It's just been released in the last um, few weeks. When did the journey um, for that EP start? Wow, it started. I started doing the. Um, the early sort of demos for it probably two, two and a half, three years ago. Yep. And the idea was to record it around, yeah, 2000, end of 2019 into 2020. And um, then the whole COVID thing hit, so it kind of stalled things for a couple of years. Yep. But uh, that's that's when I had all the songs ready ready to go. Okay, yep. Awesome, man. And what's the, um, yeah. what's the recording process in terms of um, – I guess production in general, because I know you play a million instruments. So when back to that pedal board thing, I thought, who is this guy? And so I started looking you up and I heard you singing a lot. I thought, man, this guy sings great. And then yeah. eventually I saw some clips of you playing electric and I thought, oh man, whole package. And then, you know, <laughs> every couple of months, hang on, he plays piano, he plays drums. What's yeah. going on here? So are yeah. you, how much are you playing on this record? I know you're obviously doing all the guitars and vocals. Are you playing the other stuff too? Yeah, so I play. I played everything um, on the EP. So there's drums, bass, guitars, uh, piano, vocals, and a few sort of synthy key things that are going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't actually supposed to be that way. I was supposed to get my my brother Shannon um, is a drummer, and the idea was actually to get him to play on the drums. But like I said, during the first COVID lockdown, where we were told, you know, stay in the house, don't go anywhere, la 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 la. Yeah, and yeah. We just couldn't get it sort of organised, so yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, our part of Sydney got particularly smashed with the lockdown as well, so it um, absolutely so it did, yeah. tricky stuff. That, that's a good reason to make another EP or album then to get your brother on. So, yes, definitely. Yeah, that that's the idea for the next one. Absolutely, cool, man. Hey, you're fitting a lot of music in five songs. There's rockers, there's mm-hmm. ballads, there's soaring. Songs, yeah, there's a lot of cool. You covered a lot of cool ground yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's it's just I guess the what music has influenced me from from picking up a guitar at the age of six or a ukulele at the age of four. So I love all different kinds of music, and it just it comes out in in what I write. When I sit down to write something, I don't necessarily say okay today's going to be a blues rock thing or it's going to be a piano ballad. It's just whatever comes out and, yeah, just many different flavours sort of meld into one. Yeah, nice. Um, there's lots of guitar on there as well. As I said, like I first thought you were a vocalist, then found out you're a screaming mm-hmm. guitar player too. So uh, obviously yeah. lots, of, lots of tasty guitar stuff. Um, let's talk about a few tracks. So the, the first single uh, is, was Sweet Smell of Rain. 
And uh, man, yes. be- beautiful song and not one but two, Thank ladies you. and gentlemen, two killer guitar solos. Yeah, got to have two. <laughs> got to. I'm a big fan of the outro solo yeah. as well. It just keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. That was oh, cool. beautiful. Yeah. That actually went um, for probably two or three minutes longer than what, what we hear. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's the, yeah, yeah, I just kept going with that as the edited sort of version. Um, obviously, you know, I can't go on forever with stuff like that. But yeah, the original one had probably another two or three minutes on there. And I just had to choose the optimum part of the song to okay. fade it out and, yep. and end it. Yeah. Oh, it's cool, man. I love the yeah the long fade out solo rules. It's so good. Maybe um cool. maybe you can have an out outtakes album that comes out later with the extra minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it'll go for five hours. Yeah, I'd buy it. I'd, I'd buy it. No problem. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> what do you um? What guitar are you playing on that? Because that's that's a really um yeah a really soaring singing kind of tone. Yeah, that um. Funny story about that. So all the guitars, all the tracks was the I've got a PRS Custom 24. Yep. So that was clean dirt guitars and the solo. And um, I uh, just as I'd finished recording the album, I was moving house. And it was the only song I didn't get to listen back to properly. Mm-hmm. Moved house, set up the studio again, and realized that all the clean guitars were out of tune. Okay which was a bummer. So I actually grabbed, um, what was it, uh, a guitar from Artist Guitars yep. here in Sydney. It was one of their sort of Strat-style copies and used just some really good um, guitar plugins or emulations in the software and redid the clean guitars on that. Oh, okay. They sound great, man. Yeah. Yeah, I probably spent a lot, of, a lot of time, I'd say easy two or three hours, trying to get a really good sound, you know, with the multiple combinations you can have of, you know, miking cabinets and all that kind of stuff to try and get it sounding as, as realistic as possible. So, sure. yeah, Clean Guitars is the, the artist guitar. Yep. Dirty and the solo is the, yeah, my custom 24 PRS. Sounds great. Um, am I right in hearing some feedback on, on somewhere on that track? Yes. Yeah, there definitely was. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, that, that was, it was recorded very loud and I'm <laughs> lucky that I had the space to, to do that. So love it. I love, um, I love hearing feedback on a record because it means there's somewhere there's a guy or a girl standing next to a loud amp having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a good time. I don't know if the neighbors had a good time, but I definitely had a good time. <laughs> That's great. So, um, so I gather. You're, you're using your amp for some stuff and you're, you're going direct for other things. Uh, the ma- majority of the stuff was, yeah, um, mic'd up amps. Um, yeah. Besides the clean guitar on that, uh, the last track actually, which is Don't Be Afraid. Yeah, cool. That guitar there is actually um, yeah, direct in and using the emulation software again. Okay, cool. That sounds great. That's yeah. a gospel kind of yeah. vibe. Yes, that one there. That's the one, yeah. Love that. Actually, my notes are very cool guitar tone. But then I wrote that on every song, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is that more of a Strat thing going on with that track? No. Funnily enough, that's the, um, again, Artist Guitars. It's a, what was it called? Uh, the 58, which is, I guess, their version of like a, 355 style okay. guitar. Yep, yep, yep. Like semi-hollow semi body yep. thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I did start with the Strat and I just, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. And as soon as I plugged that guitar in, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, nice. Sounds cool, man. Funny, man, funny I'm, I'm hearing a Strat-ish cool. sort of thing there. And it's, it's, oh, there you go. it's the other side of the world. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> the song Coming Home, that's probably my favorite track. That is Ferocious, man. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, that that was that was a that was awesome to to record. I had heaps of fun with that. massive influence is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. So um, trying to go for that, but more the more the height, uh, almost Philip Sace, yeah, who yeah. you interviewed not too long ago sure. on your podcast. That's where, yeah. So, yeah, he was, so that was a huge influence for that song uh-huh. uh, after hearing Philip play. And that was done on a Tokai Silver Star. Nice. Now that, that guitar's got a yeah. cool story, hey, because on your website, um, I'll put the links to your website in the show notes. I love your little yeah. your guitar page yeah. and you give some backstories. Can you tell us about the taco? Yeah. Uh, geez, I hope, I hope I'm going to tell the right story with this one. <laughs> I'll have to recheck. But anyway, the way it's in my head at the moment is that um, it was bought for me as a gift from my beautiful woman and, my, and her sister, uh-huh. my sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah, I had my eye on it for a long time. Um, and it was my birthday, and they're just like, we're getting it for you. I was like, what, really? And, yeah, I didn't have a choice in the matter. So nice. it was, yeah, completely, did, completely didn't expect it, yeah. How are you pulling that tone, man, on, on that tune? That's beautiful. Okay, so that one, uh, so for all the songs, it was uh, that I used the amp for. It was a, it's a Fender um, Supersonic 60. Yep. Nice. So, and I've got a pretty cool collection of uh, dirt pedals, and those pedals. What was I using? They're two King Tone pedals, actually. Mm-hmm. One was a oh, I can't think of the names of them right. Our Blues Power. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it just yeah took a lot of playing around just to get that right amount of uh, gain coming through it. And um, the only little issue I had with that one is because I don't know what pickups are in that Tokai. Like I love the sound of them. But um, they're maybe ceramic because you, if you get close enough and you talk, you can actually hear your voice coming through the oh, pickups. Okay. Yep, yep. So they're really prone to feeding back. Yep. So I think literally I had the room I was recording in was probably about eight, nine meters long, and we were literally amp at one end and me right at the <laughs> other end. So I got that sweet spot of the, where yep. I wanted it volume-wise, but, yeah, I couldn't stand any near it because it would just squeal. So, But I still got the tone I was after yeah, anyway, great. so it worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah, cool. I dig that that um, that King Tone stuff. And what's your other King Tone pedal? The Soloist. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that made cool stuff. That's nice. What's the wah you're using on that track? That wah solo in between the other two is, is heaps of fun. That one, uh, yeah, that's a crybaby. Uh, is it the f- uh, five three 
five. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, uh, five plethora Q. Yeah. So it's just yeah, nothing nothing overly fancy, and um, yeah, I've had that pedal. Oh, my dad bought that for me. <laughs> this is how long I've had it when I was sixteen. Okay, nice. So <laughs> she's an old girl. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Hey, funny that you mentioned Philip Says. He he used a term which I really liked. He talked about the Hendrix family tree, and it had players like well, obviously mm-hmm. Hendrix, and then people who followed like Stevie Ray. Um, and then I guess yeah. more modern players like uh, John Mayer, um, Philip Sace himself, mm-hmm. I think would would uh, would follow in that lineage. Um, where do your yeah. influences sit? I hear a lot of that kind of vibe on this record, which I love. Who uh, who inspired you when you're coming yeah. out? Uh, I think probably the first biggest influence as a kid would have been Chuck Berry because okay. I guess that was the that was the stuff my the rock and roll stuff my dad was listening to yep. so I went from Chuck Berry and then into I went through the the Dire Straits period so Mark Knopfler yeah, yep. and after Mark Knopfler it was I owe it to uh, my girlfriend I had at the time in year nine or year ten <laughs> in high school her dad introduced me to Gary Moore yeah. And Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. And once I hit those two, I was like, yeah, this is heaven. This is where I want to be at. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott, ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cup. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. You, meant, you mentioned your dad. You started really young. Hey, you when you talk about the Chuck Berry records, that's that's a thing, man. When, when did you start? Uh, so uh, my dad got me into music when I was around five years old okay so i think i started taking guitar lessons around then yeah um and then it progressed to um yeah then him teaching me a few chords here and there and then printing out song printing what am i saying printing typing on a typewriter yeah (laughs) um all the all the lyrics for songs that i that i wanted to learn and um it just it took off from there so incredibly lucky to have a very supportive dad yeah that's awesome i love that yeah. Were you always singing as yeah. well, singing and playing? Yeah, it just it was just it was both things. Um I guess before the before the learning of the instrument started, uh my dad was a huge Elvis fan, so there was Elvis stuff and I can just remember like seeing it on the TV and seeing pictures of this guy who I knew sang and always had the guitar in his hands yeah. and that's who I wanted to be when I was five. So yeah, yeah it was it was always both. It was yeah. Inevitable. That's cool. Mm. You ended up doing some pretty cool stuff as a, as a kid. I've seen pictures of you busking at Tamworth, um, on TV, TV shows, talent shows, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> lots of cool stuff. Um, once again, thanks to <clears throat> excuse me, thanks to my dad. Um, he he wasn't your typical um, stage parent, was I guess it worked in our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looked for opportunities for us kids to get out and play music. So Tamworth Country Music Festival being probably the easiest because of the busking out on the street. Yep. 
um, and then getting us into talent quests. And then from talent quests, it went to TV shoot, TV shows like um, Burt Newton's New Faces, even Red Faces on Hey Hey It's Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, many many really cool, interesting, and fun things to look back on um, throughout throughout my life. And um, yeah, just I, I owe a lot to to Dad for um, really just keep supporting me and um, my my two brothers as well with that stuff. Yeah, cool. Tell tell me about doing the Burt Newton show, the uh, New Faces. His show was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, how old were that you? one. Uh, uh, I think I would have been nine. Yeah, probably nine years old. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, and that was a whole experience in itself because we lived down, uh, we lived in Sydney, then we moved down to the south coast to Batons Bay. And obviously, nearly every opportunity we had to travel, which was always back up to, to Sydney okay. for stuff. And then we found out that was actually down in Melbourne. So that was the first time on a plane wow. and, uh, you know, getting getting to experience a, um, uh, the TV cameras and, and the studio and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So it really, really opened our eyes to exactly what goes on behind the scenes with all that. Yeah, yeah. And uh... – and Red Faces, so that was on Hey Hey, which had, <laughs> yeah. which had a killer band. Yeah, uh, they did. What, what was that about? How did you get onto Red Faces? And what did you do? Uh, so Red Faces is more uh, – how do I explain this? So I guess dad, dad saw the opportunities we had as kids at that specific age bracket where it was – you were considered cute. Yeah. So he used to get us to do a lot of comedy and funny songs, which we enjoy doing too. Yeah. And we were actually mentored quite a bit by the Aussie country ballady John Williamson. Oh, wow. So we performed – he's got a lot of comedy sketches that he used to perform live. So we ended up doing two of his songs for Red Faces because, you know, it's the – they're after the the humor thing, and then if not, if you're if you're a kid and you're half cute, then they're after that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're lucky we we fit into both those categories for a few years. Yeah, right. Did you uh did mm. you get the gong from from Red? Yeah, we did, and it scared the absolute <laughs> you know what out of us because it was um my younger brother and I performing in duet, and it's funny because I remember we've talked about it heaps of times. You're on stage <laughs> or on the you know in front of them doing your song and out of the corner of your eye, you're always looking over to the gong to see when he's going to stand up and hit the thing. And even though you can see him walking over, it's still, yeah, it's still scared us to, you know what? So, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a nice claim, though, to, to be gonged by, by Red. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the shows we had, uh, whoever they were at the time, uh, Portia de Rossi and – Kate, someone who were in one of the biggest movies in Australia at the time, and our models. Uh-huh. So you can imagine how you know a ten-year-old boy, me and my brother who was six at the time, felt seeing these two glamorous models right. being our judges yep. <laughs> for the show. So yeah, that, yeah, that was a, that was a learning curve. That was interesting. <laughs> nice. Were you um, were you fearless at this age? Like, were you already super used to getting up in front of crowds, or is that something that developed? Uh, no, fearless is the correct word. Absolutely, you just you don't you don't care about what other we didn't we didn't care about what anyone else thought because we were having fun. Yeah, yeah. So and it didn't matter if it was in front of ten people or 
a studio audience knowing that, you know, a tenth of Australia is going to watch you on a Saturday night. It was just fun. There was never any um, anxiety or nerves around it. It was just, yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. And you said you, you always felt destined and or your goal was always to make a living out of music. How, how did you transition? Obviously, you go through school, but how did you, how did you find your way into where you are today, you know, gigging full-time, feeding your family with your yes. guitar? Yeah. So that um, – I guess that was, that was half the dream. The, you know, the, the other side of the dream was to, um, you know, play my own stuff and hopefully one day earn a living from that. But um, that started out from, I guess – uh, at, a, at a high school, um, just finding a couple of venues that were willing to take me on once a month. Mm-hmm. So I was still would have been 14, 15 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And had the first gig up at, where was it? The Carrington Inn. I even know it's still there up in Katoomba. Oh, yeah. Doing yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. And um, it just sort of went on from there when I, when I realized that oh, this is actually something I could make money from uh-huh. and have as a job. So. Yeah, and then before I knew it, a year uh, into that, I was gigging probably two nights a week. And then after that, I was uh, played guitar in the band for the musical Shout, which was the, the Johnny O'Keefe story, touring around. Did that for seven or eight months. And then meanwhile, I was still studying music at the Institute of Music and um, deferred the course. And then the musical finished and then I thought I can go back and do the six months I have left or I can just get out there and keep gigging and, you know, learning all the other stuff that they don't teach you at a school or, or a university. So I'd, I opted for that and kept kept the gigs going from there. And then here we are 23 years later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic story. You, you ditched music school because you're actually doing the music by mm-hmm. then. That's, you're in good company yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool <laughs> <laughs> did you um did you take much though from studying did did that add strings to your bow that you ended up using on gigs and things um to be honest not not really for the gigs mainly may, maybe for things like um you know learning songs yeah for the gigs and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I was always into theory as a kid. Um, I did classical lessons and got up to grade six with classical guitar. Oh, wow. Awesome. So, yeah, it was, was something that, um, yeah, the, the, the theory side of it really helped. Uh, there wasn't much performance stuff sort of going on. So that was just something you had to, you know, learn as you, as, as you went, so to speak. Right. Yep. Yep. Cool. And so where we where we are today, it's late March twenty twenty two. Gigs are coming back in after a pretty tough couple of years. What's um, what's the future look like for um, for this EP in terms of like playing gigs, putting a band together, or writing more music? What's I, what's the goal with your solo yeah, stuff? De- definitely writing more music yeah. and recording. I've got a, a lot of songs that are. Um, are ready to go to be recorded. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten out and did the you know a few sort of live shows here and there after the release, but uh, I guess with the, the current climate of you know sort of the world sort of creeping back out again and getting this whole sort of new normal we have, yeah. um, and still battling to get my regular work back, it's just not sort of feasible right of now. Course, yeah. so I've just had to sort of yeah let that go and 
um, organize it properly for the for the next release and make sure that I can get out there and do some some gigs to support the the music that's out there. Yeah, cool, awesome. And David, what's the best way for people to keep up to date with what you're up to? I have uh, social media stuff. So my website is davidagis.me. Um, yeah, interesting spelling. It's a multi-surname. So D-A-V-I-D-A-G-I-U-S dot me. That's my website. And I'm also out there on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And I've got a YouTube channel as well. But um, through all those platforms, you'll be able to see where gigs are, what's happening with original music, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, sounds good. And I'll add, I'll add a bunch of those links to the show notes as well. I always like your awesome. gig updates on, on Facebook or wherever. You often, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, especially for a musician, like there's some funny stories about the lug-in or what, what you're doing, which every musician can relate to. So that's always fun too. So I yeah. like the story. yeah. Yeah, there's always going to be a bit of humor involved. Um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I don't, we're gigging musicians and I'm, you know, I'm playing other people's music and I'm very fortunate that, you know, I get to do that like you when you go out and do your thing with the bands that you're in. Mm-hmm. We're so incredibly lucky to play music and get paid to do it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't take it too seriously and humor, yeah, definitely has to be involved with all that stuff. Nice, nice. Cool. Mm. Dave, is there anything else? we could be talking about or plugging of your stuff? Maybe if just people can sort of, if they're if interested in obviously the the music that's been released on, you know, iTunes and Spotify or just to even plug the the, the YouTube channel, just to go and have check out some songs and clips that I've done maybe. Yeah, sure. Cool. All right. Yeah. And Dave, the EP itself, Journey Without Des- Destination, where can people grab that? Mm-hmm. So people can grab that. It's uh, only online. I didn't make any physical copies. So um, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, um, literally any streaming site that's out there, it, it has it on there. So And also uh, YouTube Music, and there's also the, the lyric clips on my YouTube channel as well. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put those links up. And, um, yeah, people should check it out. It's It's killer. And, uh, man, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show to talk about it. I've been looking forward to this for a long time uh, and the EP itself. And I'm just, yeah, stoked it's out and really enjoyed catching up with you about it. Awesome. Thank you, Matt, likewise. And, yeah, thank you for having me on and what a brilliant podcast. Like, it's, it's enjoyable, it's informative, and people have to check this out. You know, the ODB guitarist, any kind of musician, just check out Matt's podcast because it's fantastic. Jeez, thanks, man. All right, there you go, David Aegis on the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks for the kind words, David. Thanks for the killer EP. Check out the links in the show notes. Now, with David's permission, I'm going to play some more excerpts from the EP. We're going to check out the solos from Coming Home any minute now. Man, check out the vocal, though. This guy's killing it. I am digging it. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a shout-out to the guys at Headstock Distribution in the UK. These guys do the setup and service work for Ibanez in the UK market. So big hello and much love to Ray, Abam, and Dave the Vampire. Uh, thanks for the very kind note following the Guthrie Govan interview. And these guys listen to the podcast while they're working. That's super cool. Thank you, guys. And for everyone else, wherever you are listening to uh, this show in the world, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. 
And in the words of Michael Schenker... Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Keep on rocking, indeed. All right, David Aegis, take us out.